This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition, actually part two of the Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing, because last week I really focused on some of the elements, the essentials of what you needed on your website for speaking if you were going to speak. And why would you want to speak? So you can sell a lot of books. So throughout the show, I'm going to share you some ahas, some insights and tips to enhance and support your book publishing journey, as well as now your book marketing success. My goal is always to support both you and your book in the process. And as a reminder, if you're on Twitter, please follow me at my book shepherd. Uh, I put daily quotes up, I put insights, I let people know about special campaigns and deals on books of many of the clients I work with. And remember, you can always email me at judith at com. Now, daily, I mentioned quotes I put up. Those are posters we've created from my books, my insights, and specifically, I share the quotes from my book, uh, Snappy Sassy Salty success for authors and writers. So today's quote will tie into what we're going to be focusing on in part two. And it's this, the more you niche who you are writing for, the more you niche who you are publishing for, the more you niche who you are speaking for, the bigger your market becomes. So what does that all mean? And what it does mean is that it's, you know, when people come out and say, when I ask, who's your book for? And the common response is, oh, it's for everyone. It is not for everyone. It is never for everyone. The more you funnel that down, the more you niche who that is, the more opportunity you have to build influence, to cement yourself, to build your expand and expand your expertise it is so much easier. I've said this so many times over the, the many years we've had this show. It is so much easier to be the whale in the pond, as in the niche, versus the sardine in the sea, as with everyone else. So with that, part two, we're going to talk about speaking. I set up what you wanted to do, and, and, and the why is because it sells a boatload of books. It's what I call the cash cow two-step. It's your words, and it's your mouth. And with that, you have to have the elements for people to find you, i.e. the meeting planners, people who can bring you in to speak. You do that certainly by letting people know. One is one of the best ways to know. People go shopping, mobile, online, and it's your website. So make sure that you have a specific separated tab, not buried. Please do not bury this underneath something else. A separate tab 
on your website that says speaking. And a reminder, as on that speaking tab, you will have introductions, you will have specific information uh, for meeting planners, you'll have uh, a list of topics that you speak on, and, and ideally, specific speeches, the titles, a couple of sentences of what it's about, some bullet points on the benefits that any participant will take away. Make sure that you include, if is it for a keynote, uh, or a workshop, because there is a difference between the two. Let them know, is it interactive? Do you use humor and, and, and the likes? To, because people are shopping, and they're actually what they're doing is eliminating. Are you the right fit? So if you start marking off the checks that, oh, humor, little humor, little humor. Oh, this is what it's about. Okay. Um, and then the email is sent, the phone call is made, um, the contact is reached out. And then, of course, you've got to have your pitch of what will bring you to the party very quickly. So that was last week. This week, we're going to be talking about some of the other elements, including how to structure your presentation. And that's that's so essential, so important in this mix. So one of the things, when you are pitching, since I opened up that that uh, phrase, that don't they don't care where you came from. That's a, that's a question that could be answered uh, once the dialogue starts and they they hear more about you. They want to know more about you. The tell me more. How can you get to the tell me more? Well, one of the things is that when you first kick off your interaction with whoever might be the decision maker, or at least the first gatekeeper, is that you want to be able to be an observer if you have face-to-face. -face. Sometimes people interact with you on Zoom. Sometimes it's Skype. Sometimes it's face-to-face. -face. Sometimes I interacted with someone. Actually, I was on uh, getting ready to board a cruise, and I started chatting with the person behind uh, me, and we became great friends before this cruise was over, and I ended up working with him. So how do you present yourself? Would you start with your eyes, your ears, and certainly what comes out of your mouth. So many times I'm that listener and observer. And more times than I can count, I've lost interest. At times, I've even been downright bored when I'm interacting with someone. Have you ever been like that? I want to be in a spot where my mind is saying, as they're telling me about them, about their book, about their presentation possibilities, tell me more. I want to hear more. So I want to see things that will come out that are engaging to me, toward me. Um, or if I'm, the, if I'm the meeting planner and the person that, we're, uh, that, that, that I want to hire that I think would benefit my audience, tell me more. Now, sometimes I even say it out loud, but in my mind, that's where it kicks off. That's where it kicks off. So that means that you the potential speaker, have engaged me. I want more information. I want to keep it going here. So have you ever been in my place? Have you ever been in a situation where you've just lost interest? You've done a, a, a dropout in there? And have you ever been a deliverer of boring and uninteresting information? I bet you all have. 
I bet you all have. So when I ask an author about their book, I do not want it to be their life history. I don't want it to come from me of how they started writing um, or what propelled them. Not yet. So I want to be hooked immediately. So do meeting planners. Most authors are really piss poor in doing the hook, that pitching part. So it's time to step up your game. Now, in my book, How to Create a Million Dollar Speech, um, that and, and the training program we're putting together, I talk about the eyebrow factor, the phenomenon, the way people um, respond to you without verbalizing. And if you pay attention to their eyes, their face, you can see what's going on. Your eyebrows say oodles. They say a lot. And they reveal the silent words that are shouting out internally. So I want you to pay attention. How do your listeners or any that you are observing display their eyebrows? Usually there are three variables. One, if they're kind of non-discreet, if they're just kind of blah and no expression, do they crinkle up, get wrinkled? Um, do the eyes get squinty? Um, are they raised? So what does that mean? There is a meaning and it tells a lot. If they're just blah, just blah, no expression, either your receiver of what is coming out of your mouth, there's no connection. They're bored. You haven't hooked them. What you said didn't have the element or intrigue that says, tell me more. Now, if the listener doesn't have, <laughs> now, there will be certain exceptions. There, you know, maybe they have a paralysis of their face and they can't express expression. Yeah. Or maybe they had some botulism, but whatever there. Usually, most of us have expressions with our eyebrows. So what if they're all wrinkled up, crunched, the eyes are a tad squinty? You've also missed your mark. An opportunity to engage, an opportunity to be hired as a speaker. The listener doesn't connect with you. They don't get what you're saying. And that's a huge OO. Whatever is coming out of your mouth is spiraling to the feet, which then could turn around and head for the door or hang up the phone. So if the eyebrows, the third element is, if the eyebrows has some expression and they raise up, ah, 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 now we have a gem in play and you've hit the jackpot. Interest has engaged their, their, uh, the listener's mind. It wants, their mind wants you to express more, to tell them more. And that's the bravo. They won't be walking away at least yet. So if you want to keep this in mind before we go to our first break here, a goldfish has an attention span of approximately eight seconds. And most people don't. That's a gulp. You must step up your game to grab their attention, to be intriguing, to be engaging, to get them to say or to think, tell me more. 
Can you do it in less than 15 words? How about 10? That's your to-do assignment for this week. I'll be right back. It's Judith Bryles, and you're listening to Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these is there a book in you or another author you shows you how to create develop and publish your book without being hoodwinked if you already have a book out You will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author U extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at AuthorU.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so here we are in talking about what I love to do. It's how I sold over a million copies of my books. And I'll bet you like would like to do that too. So, speaking. Why speak? Well... Let's start with because the public and a specific sector that niche needs and wants your message, your smarts, and your expertise. Because you can solve problems, provide answers that a group or an individual needs. And because you're going to meet some awesome, amazing, intriguing, outrageous, one-of-a-kind type of people out there. And because, you know what, you're going to end up going places you could never imagine. I mean, I never imagined that I would be speaking for three days in Nome, Alaska. I never imagined I would be crisscrossing the state of Alaska and moving around it, hoping, hoping I would get the northern lights during the time I spent there. And I never did. But one day I will. I never imagined that I would speak in every state in the United States or over 20 countries. You know, I never imagined I'd be speaking in 
Finland, for example, and hearing the side of my ear, the translation going on of everything I said. I never imagined that. I never imagined it. It can be enormously fun and exciting. That's a because. And my best because is, guess what? You sell lots of books. And I'm telling you, lots of books. Now, my record was at an event in Salt Lake City. And I was a keynote speaker. And I sold 566 copies of several titles within a few-hour period of time that grossed in excess of $16,000. $16,000 that I was paid for that day. $16,000 that I walked away with. $16,000 that I didn't have to worry about returning. Um, and, and I immediately had it. $16,000, 566 new book buyers, new fans that were waiting and I had now their emails so I could let them know when the next book was ready. That's what we're talking about, building the business and growing it and moving it on to the next area. So that speaking tab that I talked about putting together on your website is an essential. It is not, I'll think about, it is an essential must-have as you create that and you will add elements to it and you will update it and it will grow and to actually take on its own life but so will your presentations and you will discover as a speaker out there that you will be able to actually pre-sell books i mean you could actually sell books without ever saying go buy my book go buy my book and i'll give you a technique for that because that's the art of it. I remember one time when I was a, you know, new, fairly new in the business, and I went to different conferences, and I was studying. And by the way, as a writer, you're studying other authors in your genre, right? Yes, you're reading their books. Yes, you're studying their craft of how they put the things together. Please tell me, yes, you're doing that. Because that's part of your learning, your growth process. It's the same thing with speaking. What do other speakers do? Now, I'm not saying you're going to go in and copy their style. Please don't. I'm not saying that you're going to go in and uh, th this is an oh, my God, uh, use their words, use their stories. No, you're looking at their choreography, how they move about the stage, even how they're dressing. Is it a fit for you? Is this kind of maybe your style that you should emulate? Are you your own unique gypsy? And where you go. For me, I had uniforms when I was speaking. I had and uniforms. Number one, I wrote them all off. I, I didn't go grocery shopping in these these things. I had specific outfits. I always had a, a, a few every year. I'd swap in and out. Number one, I didn't have to think. <laughs> this helps a lot, people. That when you have something, you know, my suitcase was always ready to go. Remember, I have shared earlier that there are sometimes I was in 12 different states in a month. So you have to be, you learn to be efficient. You learn to move about quickly. You learn what shoes you can travel in and wear on planes or do that or what are the most comfortable um, on that. You learn that. But when you're seeing other speakers out there, they're going to help you learn the process. They're going to give you the shortcuts. 
uh, as you go along. You'll learn about using visuals. You know, are you a, what kind of handouts? For example, I believe that wherever you speak, wherever you speak, you should always have a handout. And I don't care if it's online or in person, you have a handout. You have your name on it. You have your contact information. And please, 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 at the very book, like uh, a bottom of it, like on a, a, a footnote type of thing, that you want to put a copyright, copyright, you know, the first year I'm doing this program for you is the year 2022. So I would have the copyright symbol 2022. I would have Dr. Judith Bryles. I would put my website. I would put my email. Um, and I would have my phone number on every handout page. Because people take these things away. And, you know, I have been at so many presentations where they'll say, you know, go to my website. Because I know they want to capture your email. I get it. Go to my website and download. That's a disservice to me. You can still send them to your website to gather a bonus goodie when you're on done. Boy, I'm all for that. But tell your participants that I do this online. The day before a presentation online, or it could be a week before by morning meeting planner. Um, it could be my own event. But they get sent something and they are told specifically, download this before Judith starts. Because people scribble notes. They scribble notes. And <clears throat> I actually am a believer in the old-fashioned lift up your hand, <laughs> pen on pencil, and write it down. Because there is a more of a connection. There's enough studies that show the head, heart, mind, hand connection when you're taking those kind of notes. And I know I always do when I am on, on my show regularly. I have pencil in hand before we start, before that opening music starts. I am ready to go to introduce my guest, or it's me, like today, and start taking notes. And right now, I have pen in hand. I have paper in hand. I may say something or think of something as I'm talking and make a quick word or note so I come back and don't leave the show without sharing it with you. So get in that habit and you'll find that it pays off. All right, so handouts. You absolutely should have a handout. I always left stuff behind. If I was working on a new book at a presentation, I would actually have a specific flower. And here's the tip, make sure you print it in a colored paper. It pops out. Maybe, maybe you make an offer. Maybe during your presentation that, and you know, um, that I, and I want to make sure I give away a free copy of my book. So, you know, fill out the form and drop it off at the book table. I'll be here all day. That's it. That's it. And that sells books. Let me tell you, they're back at your table. It will sell books. So with that, why speak? Because it's really awesome. It's just an awesome, awesome experience. All right. So hopefully you're convinced ready to go. You've got to have some of these tools to go along. Again, last week I mentioned the contract and in my book, uh, how to create a million dollar speech. Chapter 14 is all about the contract. Copy and paste, pull it out. You have my permission to use it word for word. If that's what you choose to do. Um, ideally, if my name is in the contract, it's a sample, take my name out and put your name in, put your fee in, but follow the instructions and remember that you have 
a uh, even for a free speech, I always gave them a contract to remind them what they were getting in the process. Plus, the contracts ask for questions. Where's the event? You know, is there going to be uh, overnight a hotel? Is that necessary? If I have to fly somewhere, what's the closest major airport? You want all that information. Who is the contact? And I want their mobile phone number and their home number as well. I want all the contact information in case there's emergency because you know what do emergencies do happen. So it, you just you just have to do this in the process. All right, so let's start crafting and where we're going to go to that. And I want to spend the rest of the program on crafting, whether it's a workshop or keynote. There's The elements are all the same. There's just expansions. Workshops typically have far more time than a keynote, although sometimes they're the same time breadth. So how do you craft this? And you know you want to be good. In fact, you want to be exceptional. You want to be invited back. You want to be referred to others in their circle and, and bring that along. So there is a structure. And one of the things is you need to ask yourself, what is your talk about? You know, really ask it. Now answer it. Write it down. What are the key elements in it? Include what you want your audience participants to take away. All right. And then the next thing I want you to do is ask this yourself, ask this question and answer it. What's the presence and objective of your talk in one sentence? And that will be your why. Why are you doing this? And and you're not going to say to make a lot of money. No, no, you mean, no, don't say why. This is your your passion coming out. This is your vision for who you are as a speaker, where you're going. This is the why. This includes what your commitment is to your audiences um, that hear you and your participant. All right. So what is your talk about and why are you doing it? And with that, you will start thinking about, okay, what am I going to, how am I going to open it? Every presentation has an opening. Every presentation has an opening. And if there's, this is one area that you want to pretty much get into your memory bank that you can go, you know, it's like the wind up, wind up and you're on. All right. Now there could be slight variables. Please, please do not come on and start thanking everybody in the world for being there. Skip it. Let the politicians do that. You're not the politician. Set the stage for your why. Set the stage for what your talk's about. Now, what do you do that with? Well, it could be with statistics and off the wall. It could be with a humorous story. It could be with an oh my God story. It could be with even setting the stage with a calmness and quietness. And maybe you have some unbelievable images that you will flash on before your words start. It's a centering and getting ready to go. And with that, we'll take our next break. I'll be right back. This is Dr. Judith Bryles, and you're listening to Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. This 
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so we're into designing your speech. You know what it's about. You know what your audience, you want their takeaways to be, what the message is you're delivering, that why there, the core of who you are, what you're about, what your talk's about, that's all set up. All right, if you're, you're going to come up with your opening. I usually start with a story, and it's an experience, a personal experience. It's not someone else's experiences. We call those signature stories in the speaking business. And they are each topic, whether I was talking about confidence, whether I was talking about zapping conflict in the healthcare workplace, whether I was talking about personal finance, which I wrote several books on personal finance, I always had a story from my life experiences of that would open it up or connect. Often they were had humor woven through it because my topics were usually serious. And I think it's very important if you're dealing with a serious topics like people zapping each other, toxic workplaces and the like, that that you have to have a lightning factor because gosh, if you're gonna come in and hit them with some gloom and doom stuff, I get. I better be able to bring them out of it, and so I would open up with an event. If I, if my audience was primarily women, I had certain stories that I would use for those audiences. If it, it was mixed um, with men and women, I would uh, gyrate toward maybe a different opening of it. If it was a corporate associations, I had I had a laundry list of stories. And when before I would start a gig. Um, I let me just say this: speaking is the easier part. Once you once you get your your presentations, you know what you're doing here. That's the easiest part. It's the prep work. It's getting to the events. And typically, I would plan in my structuring that for every hour of my presentation, 
I would have at least six hours of pre-work. Now, the pre-work could include going through all the slides, redoing them, readjusting, relining, making fresh, whatever, if I was using slides. Um, otherwise, it would, I would be going through my mind mentally. I would see myself on the stage. Visualize. Visualization is very important. Um, and I would visualize my audience. I would do those kind of things, where I'm at, where I'm going. And I would start doing, okay, this is the talk. Now, I would, I would put my entire talk, you know, for me to just do a review, just before I go in, I'm just looking down. I'm, I don't have it in the palm of my hand, but I would have like a, a you know, a five by seven card or a half a sheet of paper or something. And I would just have that, you know, I would do one, you know, what was my, the, the open story. And I would have, it could say underwear. It could say elephant. It could say green chair. It could say whatever it was that I knew what the story was. That would just be the trigger in my mind. Okay. I'm going to do that. Then I would start with what's my first point. You know, what story, what activity, what event, what statistic, what, 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 what I would do to come in and support those key points. And then I would write down a few words for my second point. So all I would have to do is start the mental process of going through and then I would get to the close and how I was going to close. Um, and then a couple of words with how, what I would bring to pull it all together. All right. Now, in my book that how to create a million dollar speech, I go through that structure of it. So the opening sets the stage for what the message is going to follow. It's opening. It can be fun. It could be outrageous. It could be silly. It can, you could start with a question. By the way, questions are often great to start with, to start setting the stage for it. Um, you may decide because you see these mobile phones. I mean, I like to see, get them down. Um, unless you might have a part of an activity, you might have a slide with uh, a text or use a hashtag to and, and for your you may guide your audience to actually write down a few words, add these hashtags, and push it out to their social media. The only thing is when you open up that window, that door, now they have their mobile phones out, and who knows what they'll be doing from then on. All right. So just just saying you got to be careful what boxes you want to open here. Now, there's also some nifty things um, that there's a, a, a goodie, an app. You could use Slido, um, S-L-I-D-I-O, where they can um, actually you can do polls with their mobiles. You can you preset them up. You have it preset in and you guide it to it and you just tell them, you know, what it is one, two, or three, and you can immediately show what the results are up on the screen. So that's kind of cool. If you've got that kind of thing, I wouldn't overdo it, but you could bring those events, which makes it kind of fun and interactive. And this, by the way, is very effective with online presentations on it. Now, depending upon you're on online or in person, one of the problems with in-persons I have found over the years is that the lighting can often be horrible. Horrible. And if you use slides at all, they immediately want to darken the room. Oh, well, lovely. I don't like dark rooms. I have, I don't like the cave effect. 
And I want to be able to see who's in my audience. I want to be able to interact with them. So make sure that you get there early so you can start doing, that's part of your prep work, who's ever your techie support there. Let's see what this room looks like. Is there lighting coming in on you or is it just the standard ballroom, which can be really horrible. So you have to know how you're going to be so you can position yourself because you do want to be seen. I mean, you're part of the show here. All right. So online, you want to make sure that you've got, uh, I mentioned last week, a, a circle light, cowboy lights, the pillow type lights. So you have good lighting on your face and you can see you might want to consider having a special banner that drops in behind you that reinforces maybe your books, your your company logo, uh, your slogan, you know, something uh, that doesn't look like your background is a mishmash. Now, back to the structure. That's the setup. Back to the structure. What's your opening to set the stage? And then move into it. Now, one time when I was speaking to a dental group, uh, I was doing a money workshop. I had, had done two or three programs for them. And they said, would you do uh, you know, one of your money workshops? And I said, sure. So that day, there was horrible news this horrible news across the board and i always pick up usa today when i'm traveling that was a must to let me know what's going on quickly um and also the usa today has a feature of a little clip what's going on in each state so i might want to mention that or pull that from it and in it the whole front page of usa today was about financial crisis and when i came on i had the newspaper i carried the newspaper with me and I, you know, I just unfolded it, you know, I quietly unfolded it after I was introduced and I just said, you know, I did, I, I did my opening story and it was my green chair story. The green chair story was about a woman who I had met. And after I'd met her, I thought her, I had all her information. I went to leave and she said, well, what about my stash? And I responded, what stash? I thought you, you said you had these stocks, you had these, you had these, da, 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 da. And she says, well, over there, well, over there was wall-to-wall drapes, floor-to-ceiling, a big green chair. Over there in the drapes and then the green chair was $30,000 in cash, right? So sets the stage. That's the, uh, whoa, that's a whoa, on that, and then I unfolded the newspaper of USA Today. Huge headlines, huge crisis, financial crisis. And I just said to my audience, This is where we're going today. All right, so sometimes, you know, props come in and help, and props are can be fun for to use. So, what, what are your points of wisdom? So, we have our opening, that's your opening. What's your first points of wisdom? Now, Sometimes if I'm using slides, I might put up what the, you know, I might let them know that, you know, give them. And, and by the way, if you're using slides, make sure that you have Word 365. It will take your presentations into a whole nother realm of visual delights for your audience um, that they'll it'll create eye candy instead of line after line after line after line. You need to understand on slides, uh, less is more. Maybe just a word. Maybe just a word. I remember someone, one of my clients came in with this horrendous presentation. 
Um, it was like she wrote the whole presentation in slides. Well, let me tell you, when you use a lot of words on your slides, they don't need you. Do you know that? They don't need you. They can read your bloody slides. Just a word or an image. And then you, as the expert, will talk off of it. So what's your first point of wisdom? You know, in my client who we, we gutted, I just cleared out three hours and I said, I'm redoing your presentation for you. That um, it was, it, by I got down to it, she was referring to the gorilla in the room. I went and found these giant, a giant picture that just was a swath across of gorilla eyes. And that was the slide. And then she could talk on it. I said, Pat, you're the expert. You can talk on this. And people remember that. I promise you. I promise you that. So what's your point of wisdom? Do you have a story to support it? Do you have an example? Are there suggestions? What advice? Do you have an activity that they're going to do? Um, like I said, an exercise. Maybe maybe they're going to, you want them physically to do something. Maybe you want them to write something down. Maybe you want them to share something, which is not my style. People often don't like to do the sharing stuff. So don't put them on the point. That, that's my advice to you. It would be internal. Um, to that, but what can it be? All right, so point, story or stat, an example to support it, what suggestions or advice do you have to go with it, and then repeat the point. So they're little, they're, it's like an Oreo cookie. You've got a sandwich, you've got the sandwich with your key point. When you repeat the point, that's the other side of the cookie. The filling in between is what you have, your advice, your suggestions, your examples, uh, the bringing them to the party. It could be the exercise. It could be the activity. And then you have to figure out how much time that you're going to allocate and to allow that. You do each of one concise as you go along. And you have to figure out. Now, I usually try to plan at least 10 minutes for a point. So a 60-minute presentation, you're not going to be able to get through 10 points. But maybe you can kiss it. And maybe you will set up the stage and say, you know, there are 10 essential points to zapping conflict in your workplace. Because of our time allotment, we will focus on these three. So you let them know. Tell them what you're going to do and then dive in and you start doing it. All right. We're going to take our final break. I'll be right back with much more to rock and roll with your speaking. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. 
you can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The Book Shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book. A book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book... If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All righty. So we're in putting your speech together. Um, and just a reminder that these are cookie sandwiches. I think of them that way. Delicious bites, nuggets as go along and leaving people wanting more. So I went through, you create your point, you have your stories, your samples, your examples, your activities, your exercise and repeat it. That's the first. And then here's what you do for the second, the same thing. And you keep it going. You move to the next point, set the stage. Come in and, and what's, your, what's, your, what's your key point here? Set the stage. What different story? Now you're going to have a whole different set, separate, totally different things that you're going to come in to support that. But it's a weave. You're creating a fabric, a tapestry of your presentation. Um, and you're going to go through that. And again, you repeat it and then you go to your next and that. Now, one of the things that I love to suggest you do is that as you move towards your close, you know, you get ready to set the stage. Now, you, and I always told uh, my meeting planners that when you hear me say that, you know, this is where the memory comes now in. When you hear me say whatever it is I tell them I'm going to say um, on that, you know that I am three minutes away from finishing. So they can get ready. So they can get ready to come up and close back. And I also always ask my meeting planner, you know, how do you, do, do you want me to send them to lunch? Do you want me to direct them to go someplace? Do you want me to throw it back to you? Uh, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? It's always important to do that uh, in the process. So, I mean, you're a team here, you're partnering and you want them to have that, right? So questions and answers. 
um, uh, one of the things some planners will want you to do questions and, and be uh, leave leave 15 minutes for questions. I hate it um, because here's why. When you open it up to your audience, you're no longer in, in the control factor. You're throwing it out. And it's it's um, it's always a struggle because it's like this dead in silence and, you know, waiting for it. So if if they really wanted me to do it, I never did my final point. I never did the final point. Um, I would open it up for questions and I would say something like this, you know, Martha wanted to make sure I left a little time for questions, if you had any questions. So before I make my final key point, let's open it up and take a few questions from you um, before I close out the day. And <clears throat> with that, I then would add on, you know, I, I had an opportunity to talk with a lot of you when you came in. And by the way, I never, I, I, I would go to the door and I'd greet people as they came in. Um, I actually would walk people to the front because typically in audiences, where do they sit in the back? That leaves a gap. That leaves a hole. That's an energy suck for you as a speaker. I would actually, hey, hey please come on up and be my friend so I could have eyeball contact with people um, and connect when I would come in around and it would help do a grounding for me. Um, and it works. It's very effective. It works. And so I would bring and start filling them up. Say, hey, bring your friends, you know, come on up and we'll have fun together. And and I say, and I would say, I promise I won't pick on you. That was always something else I would throw in. All right. So with that said, um, I would open up for questions and that, that it, with that, you know, many of you have asked me before I started, would I uh, talk about this? Or here was a key question that was asked me, and I would go ahead and throw it out there. Now, even if no one had asked me any questions, I'd make it up. Because what you do is you open the door for permission, because that, or if you've done your talk enough that you know that there's commonalities, there's common concerns, there's grumblings, you know, because I was dealing with conflict in the workplace all the time, there's always grumblings. So, I could open that up on something like this, you know, and bring it along. And because if one person asked you, or if you know this is a common thing, let me tell you, it's running through a lot of people's minds. And it's kind of like a, you know, the air out of the balloon relief. Oh, it's finally out. It's out in the open. And saying that. And then you might get, a, you know, a few more and then bring it on back. All right. So it makes the meeting planner happy. You're back in control. You're going to now make your final point before that um, and that and then come on with a, a close. Now, a lot of times in my closing, I would include a wrap up of my I could do it in one breath, the wrap up of my key points on that. Um, and then, and rarely did I tell my own personal story because if, if I let my own story, I mean, we've all have hiccups, right? Right. Um, that if I let my own story come out too soon, uh, I would let people, people would be wondering, oh my God, how did she get through? Oh my God. Someone stole a million dollars from her. Oh my God. She was homeless. Oh my God. She died twice. Um, I, I don't want that all to come out. If it's, if it's not the right fit, don't do it on that, but bring it out your clothes. Um, and, and I just, I just would always say after I did my closing, I would just say, thank you 
for being with me here today. And then I would take like two or three steps back from where I was standing when I said that. And when I said that, I was always at the center stage and I was taking in my whole audience. Thank you for being here with me today. And I would step back. All right. That's it. And then, um, then, you know, you turn it back too. And then I, you know, I turn the side, my, my introducer is usually right there, ready to come on, ready to take over. So with wrapping this up, you're beginning. How will you start your presentation and with what? Is it a story, a statistic, a reference, a quotation? Will it have humor, drama, suspense? Um, I used to act out stuff because my audience for 20 years was solidly healthcare. I knew all the the TV shows they were watching. I would I would refer to scenes in a TV show. I would refer to scenes in movies, and I actually would verbalize things going on. And the audience is right there with me. They're repeating lines back to me as we went along um, and, and that kind of thing. So you, this is what, what you practice. Practice, practice, practice these, these beginnings so you have it down. You're closing the same thing. Um, your wrap-up will bring it all together. Is it another story? Is it a revelation? Is it a recap of your key points? Then what? Is it a call to action? What? Figure it out and then practice, practice, practice. Now, speaking resources, I'm a huge fan of TED Talks. So, you know, max is 18 minutes. So go into your topic area um, and do a search on TED Talks and, and see who's out there talking and see, you know, are there little tidbits maybe you could cite, recite, refer to? Maybe there's a staging presence. Maybe they have uh, uh, using some imagery that, boy, this might work something like this to enhance what I'm doing. Um, it, it's TED Talks are highly crafted. They're emotional. They're insightful. They're revealing and they do it succinctly with clarity and all in a few minutes. So study them. I just think this is a good idea. The main website is TED.com. If you're a beginner, you might want to play around with Toastmasters a little bit. There's over 16,000 clubs in over 140 countries. They're helpful and there's lots of lots of tips and hints and you can move on that. Toastmasters.org is where you can start that. And then there's membership groups like the National Speakers Association. There's almost 40 chapters throughout the United States. There's several international. When I lived in California, I was president of the Northern California NSA chapter and I went on to become a national board member and even ran one of their national conferences, which was a wild ride, let me tell you. But that's all in place. And those are those are all learning curves that you can do uh, in the process. So, you know, as I sum this up, once you get your head around the why of your talk, what your key points are, what will you use to support each and make them come alive in your listeners and your audience's minds and maybe in their personal lives and workplaces. And, it, it, you know, you're, you're going to be a wow. If you've got a time crunch, I can't leave you without saying that. I've been, ex how, how many of you have ever been in a situation where, oh my God, it's 40 minutes late. We're running way over. What are we going to do? And you could be the next speaker. Acknowledge it. I go immediately to my meeting planner and say, we are way over. Do you want me to get you back on time? 
And, and she said, how can you do that? I said, I can shorten my speech to 10 minutes, but if they love what I do, will you promise to bring me back? That's that simple. Now that, and I will do that. If I cannot find the meeting planner, I will talk to my audience. I know that we're running way behind. Would you like to get back on track? Would you like to go to lunch? Would you like to take a health break? And of course, what are they going to say? Yeah, 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 we do. So I said, all right, so I'm, you know, I, and I, before I say that, I open with my opening story and then I acknowledge, I know we're way behind. I, you know, I can get you back on track. I can give you two of my key elements. And if you will go to your meeting plan and say, bring her back, you can get the rest of the story. Will that work for you? Unanimously, I'm telling you, they will say, go for it. They will go for it and, and do it. And, and no one's going to get ticked at you if you do those kind of things. And the other thing that we did is once we booked a gig in a city uh, or a state, we would start reaching out to other like-minded groups to say, I'm going to be in Iowa. I'll be in Georgia. I'll be in New York. If you'd like to do an add-on program, get a reduced rate, save on your expenses and travel and stuff, sharing them with the other group, let's talk. And that's how we would book it. So with that said, please, please, please pick up the brand new edition of How to Create a Million Dollar Speech. Get that contract that I mentioned in 14 and use it. Use it. You've got my permission to word by word if you want to. And learn how to sell a gazillion books. If I can do it, I know you can. All right. This is Judith Bryles. I'm the author of 42 books now. I love writing, I love publishing, I love speaking, and I know you can sell a lot of books this way. It's called The Cash Cow Two-Step. We'll see you next week. for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bry.